Uh, good morning. Our message, and uh, no, our message, <clears throat> it's from the message. Um, our reading this morning is from Romans 16, 1 to 16. And for those who are Bible scholars, uh, I apologise for the pronunciation. I'm sure you will be able to fix that up. Be sure to welcome our friend Phoebe in the way of the Master with all the generous hospitality we Christians are famous for. I heartily endorse both her and her work. She's a key representative of the church at Chentria. Help her out in whatever she asks. She deserves anything you can do for her. She's helped many a person, including me. Say hello to Priscilla and Aquila, who have worked hard, who have worked hand in hand with me in serving Jesus. They once put their lives on the line for me, and I'm not the only one grateful to them. All the non-Jewish gatherings of believers also owe them plenty to say nothing of the church that meets in their house. Hello to my dear friend Eponetus. He was the very first follower of Jesus in the province of Asia. Hello to Mary. What a worker she has turned out to be. Hello to my cousins Andronicus and Junius. We once shared a jail cell. They were believers in Christ before I was. Both of them are outstanding leaders. Hello to Ampliatus, my good friend in the family of God. Hello to Urbanus, our companion in Christ's work and my good friend Stachys. Hello to Apelles, a tried and true veteran in following Christ. Hello to the family of Aristobulus. Hello to my cousin Herodian. Hello to those who belong to the Lord from the family of Narcissus. Hello to Tryphena and Tryphosa, such diligent women in serving the Master. Hello to Persis, a dear friend and hard worker in Christ. Hello to Rufus, a good choice by the Master and his mother. She has also been a dear mother to me. Hello to Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermes, and to all those all of their families. Hello to Philologus, Julia, Nereus and his sister and Olympus and all the followers of Jesus who live with them. Holy hugs all around. All the churches of Christ send their warmest greetings. Now wasn't that a Bible reading you were glad you didn't get us to read today? Thank you. Well done. Great to be with you today and uh, thanks to Pete for the invitation as you uh, begin your, uh, your mission month here at Kilsyth South and great to see Solari who was uh, on our team, a really highly valued member of our team and we miss her but we love what she's doing today in teaching and uh, thank you to uh, you as a church community for your ongoing support of, of our work around the world you just saw um, Moana and uh, Vili there. I had the privilege of uh, just being in a conversation with Moana a couple of days ago and looking forward to being with him in Thailand next month. Uh, I'm off to Sydney this evening and I fly to Africa tomorrow. So the world's kind of suddenly opening back up for us as we support our work around the world. A few months ago... Uh, I walked into uh, our office in Hawthorne and there on my desk was a letter. Now, some of you are old enough in the building to know what I mean. A handwritten letter with a stamp on it. 
took it home to my, uh, my kids and my nine-year-old daughter looked at it like it was a museum piece. Um, but she's used to also reminding me that I'm the oldest dad who takes her to school every day. So here was this letter. And I read the letter, and I'll come back to it. But the letter had a, a PS on it, a postscript. Remember those? PS. When I was a, a kid, well before you know, technology, tablets, WhatsApp, Messenger, I remember writing to my cousins. They lived in Canberra. Seemed a long way away from Newcastle to Canberra. I would write to them and they would write back. And we would always add a PS. PS, I love you. PS says, I love you even more. You know? PS says, I can't wait to see you. And on it would go as we would kind of uh, forge our relationship through handwritten letters. I mentioned the, the PS today because uh, what we have in front of us in Romans 16 that was read to us is very much a, a postscript. If you know anything about the, uh, the letter to the Roman church, it's grand in its theology. It's kind of a lofty letter. Lots of kind of big issues being unpacked. Who is Jesus and the impact of our sin and uh, Christ and the cross and the role of the church and spiritual gifts. So many kind of big issues covered in this grand letter. And it's like Paul gets to the end of that letter. And as he looks to his scribe Tertius, he says, I want to celebrate my community. I want to celebrate those in my world who share in mission with me. I want to celebrate relationships and friendships. I want to celebrate what God is doing through those around me. Do you know, if you go home and uh, read that passage that we heard read for us this morning, you'll get 27 names in 16 verses. 27 names. Names that many of us won't have heard of before. I've got one of my boys here with me, Arlington, and there are times when Arlington says, Dad, I don't like the fact you gave me the name Arlington. And I say to him, go to Romans 16. You could have been called Ampliatus. We get 27 names. And what does Paul celebrate here? And it's a good place for us to start for you as a church community at the beginning of your mission month. We get 27 names and Paul celebrates the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. The mission of God in your hands here at Kilsyth South. The mission of God in my hands. The fact that every one of us is called to embrace God's gracious invitation to mission. I don't know about you this morning, you might have got up and looked in the mirror you know, and thought to yourself, what an incredible good looking person I am. I didn't think that at all. I thought, God, this is as good as it gets. But you know, every day, as we begin the day, do we remind ourselves that we are loved by God, as Pete read for us this morning, and that we are called to love each other and this incredible truth that God has a purpose and a plan for my life, for your life, for every one of us in this building today. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. And he calls us to cross the street. 
He calls us to to cross the road, to to cross the street in breaking down barriers, in building friendships, in forging relationships, in being salt and light, in living out and embodying the good news of Jesus in simple, practical ways, through hospitality, through conversation, through friendship, through that step of faith that God might be calling you to. I love this passage. I've been digging into it over the last 12 months. I've been reading up about different people, names that we you know, often don't hear of. I mentioned Ampliatus. Ampliatus crossed the street. In fact, Ampliatus crossed the world in the ancient environment in which we, he lived. And he took the gospel to what we call Bulgaria today. And people still sing a hymn about Ampliatus in Bulgaria. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. Paul goes on to celebrate more in this passage. 27 names, 16 verses, the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. And then Paul celebrates partnership. Again, if you go away and read this passage today, Paul talks about brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers in the faith, co-workers, laborers, partner, fellow workers in the good news. He celebrates that we are called into community together, that we are called into mission together, that we're not called into an isolated individual faith, but we are called to community. And when we step into community, we are fueled and empowered for mission. Let me go back to that letter that was sitting on my desk. I picked it up and uh, it had kind of old, um, shaky handwriting. And as I opened up the, uh, the envelope and read the letter, it had been written by an 82-year-old man. He was right to tell me that his wife of 60 years of marriage had recently passed away. It was this therapeutic, cathartic-type grief letter. But in celebrating his wife, he said, Scott, what I want you to know is there wasn't one day in our 60 years of marriage that my wife didn't sit down and pray for Baptist Mission Australia workers around the world. He said, I can't claim that I've done that every day. But my wife sat down. It was her ministry. She laboured in it. She loved it. He said she particularly loved the work in Africa. She prayed every day for our team. And she gave humbly and financially, generously to our work. Here was this beautiful letter celebrating faithful obedience, celebrating mission, celebrating partnership. And on the same day as I got that letter, I I got a a video clip sent to me in an email. And I'm starting to be of that age where it was a whole lot easier for me to open a handwritten letter than it was to work out how to download that Google clip. But that video was shot by a 16-year-old, the son of one of our workers in, uh, in Malawi. I'm going to be with them uh, next week. Tim and Mel Downs from North Queensland, uh, who have, with their two boys, lived in Malawi for more than a decade, uh, serving Christ through Baptist Mission Australia. 
only possible through the support of Australian Baptists like yourself and your church here. And on this video, Tim tells this amazing story. Tim tells the story of this man sitting in front of him on the video, a young man called Dorgal. And Dorgal is a Yao. The Yao people in Malawi, where very few of the Yao know Jesus. Where very few of the Yao know Jesus in ways that make sense to them, in their language, in their culture. People who live with poverty. People yearning for kind of hope and meaning in their lives. And there was Dorgal, a young man who's come to know Jesus. But Tim wants to tell a story that, that it wasn't him or one of the Aussie disciple makers who'd led Dorgal to Christ. It was Philip. It was Philip, a first generation Yao believer, and that we're now seeing second generation Yao believers in Malawi. That Australian Baptists faithfully prayed and gave, and people like Philip came to the Lord, but Philip crossed the street. Philip crossed the street in his Muslim community to share the hope of Jesus with Dorgal. And here was Dorgal, a young man, now sitting down, leading his first Bible study. And on the video, we've got a group of, uh, of men and women sitting on, sitting on old plastic chairs on red dirt under a tree, <clears throat> about to embark on a Bible study in a way that makes sense to them in their culture. And here was Dorgal. And he was Philip. And he was Tim. With tears in his eyes. The baton of faith passed on. The beauty of partnership. Only made possible. Because it started with the support of Australian Baptists. Who supported our workers. Who saw Philip come to the Lord. Who saw Dog come to the Lord. And who are now seeing many more people come to the Lord. Where we're seeing vibrant faith communities growing. And suddenly, there was the video and there was the letter. There was the woman who for 60 years has prayed for our work in Africa. And there was the fruit of that work being celebrated today in Malawi. Where the team are forming micro-enterprises, teaching women to sew, teaching people to make bread to sell in the marketplace. Where a, a, a nursery, an early childhood school has been opened. Where the other day I saw about 50 men carrying a roof to put down on a community centre that Australian Baptists are funding. God at work around the world. Because of the partnership of people like you and I. Some are called to cross the world to Malawi. Some, like Mwana and Vili, called to cross the world from India to Thailand, where they've now been for 20 years. Most of us called to cross the street in our own neighbourhood, at school, at university, in the workplace, uh, to people in need around us. And I wonder what passions, what experience uh, that God has put in your heart, in your hands today, that he's yearning for you to step out in faith with a fresh, that you might take the hope of Jesus by word and deed to people in this community. 27 names of ordinary women and men. 27 names of people who made themselves open and available to be used by God. 
27 names of people who understood the power of partnership, of what it means to do mission together. And then 27 people who are called to unity. I find this uh, fascinating as I've read this passage many times. We get the 27 names and then we're told to greet each other with a holy kiss. Not COVID safe. And then the first thing that Paul says after celebrating those 27 names, the first thing Paul says is, watch out for disunity in the body. Watch out for people who cause division. Why is it that Paul suddenly goes from these 27 names to this challenge, the call to unity? Because Paul saw in the first century, and we see it around the world in the church today, we see it on our Baptist Mission Australian teams, where there is love and unity in the body, mission is fueled and fostered. But of course, where there is disunity, the mission of God is hindered. Can I encourage you, Kilsyth South, to cherish unity? Because as you cherish unity, you cherish mission. The sad reality is we could get in a car today and we could drive around the country and we could visit churches where there is division and disunity. And having worked in denominational life for for more than 30 years, I can assure you that where there is division and disunity, people take their eyes off Christ and their eyes off mission. And today we're encouraged, again, to cheer on leadership, to cheer on each other, to celebrate unity. To bring to life the words that Paul, that uh, Pete shared at communion today, that call to, to love each other. It strikes me more than ever in the culture in which we live, in the communities in which we live, more than ever. People are looking at us and we're reminded of the words of Jesus that they will see that we are his disciples by our love one for another. 27 names. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. 27 names where we're reminded of the importance of partnership, the importance of uniting and locking arms afresh together. And as you do that at Kilsyth South, we we thank you for your support of of Baptist Mission Australia. You're going to hear next week from Open Doors, another great mission organisation. Can I encourage you to see that we are better together as we step out in faith to serve those around the world as we cross the street in our local community. And then, how does Paul finish this passage? I love this. There are 27 names, and he reminds us of the importance of partnership and unity, and that he comes back in the last three verses to remind us that at the heart of mission is a God who is to be glorified. Verse 25, now all glory to God. Verse 27, all glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. Kilsyth South Baptist Church is not responsible for mission. 
Neither is your pastor and neither am I or Baptist Mission Australia. Our God is a God of mission. Our God is at work in our world today without us or with us. But the most amazing, gracious thing of our loving God is he invites us afresh to join him in his mission in a broken world. And as we do that, what do we do? We bring glory and praise to God. Leslie Newbegin says that when you and I step out in mission today, we bring a doxology of praise to our God. In your ordinary life, as you step out in mission today, you bring a doxology of praise to our God. I grew up in a small Presbyterian church in Newcastle, and every Sunday morning we would sing the doxology. There was a, a small organ over on one side of the, the little army hut building we worked in. And there was a rather large organist, Paul, who belted out the doxology. And we would get interference with the local taxi company coming through the organ. And so halfway through the doxology, you'd get cab 24 to Wall's End. But we would keep singing. And we would sing that doxology, praise God to whom all blessings flow. Whether you can sing or not, do you know that when you step out at school tomorrow, at university tomorrow, in the workplace tomorrow, when we bring the hope, the light, the love of Jesus, we embrace God's gracious invitation to mission, but we bring a doxology of praise. And we're invited to cross the world, and we're invited to cross the street. I was at church in the northern suburbs of Melbourne recently, and let me finish with this story. And I met a, a young man called uh, Pete. And he, he wanted to tell me his story. And I was so struck by how his story captures the heartbeat of our theme, crossing the street. Pete was in his late 20s, a single man. And he told me over a coffee that um, he used to get kind of hung up about evangelism or discipleship, or mission. It was kind of like that wasn't for him, and he tried, and he kind of felt like he'd failed, and he kind of always felt guilty whenever kind of evangelism or faith sharing was being talked about. He told me how he went and did a Baptist Mission Australia seminar, and how God had used that to remind him that he was first and foremost called to be a good neighbour in the place where he lived. What do we read in John's Gospel? That God breaks into the universe, that God moves into the human neighbourhood. And the incarnation of Jesus reminds us or models for us that my primary calling is to move into my neighbourhood and to live as a follower of Jesus. During the first lockdown a couple of years ago that we all remember well, an older Vietnamese man moved in next door in the next townhouse to where Pete lived. His name was Mark. Mark's English was not good, but Pete could have a, a basic conversation with him and across the fence they kind of said hello. After a few weeks, Pete felt the Holy Spirit at work in his life and he thought, okay, God, I don't want to make this complicated. I don't want it to be rocket science, but I think you've put Mark into my world. They shared conversations over the back fence, Pete mowed the front of Mark's kind of verge on the pathway. He mowed his grass. 
Pete went to the local library when we came out of lockdown and borrowed some books and read up about Vietnam. He started to actually cook some Vietnamese dishes. He read up about Buddhism. He wanted to get to know his neighbour and his neighbour's world. Mark kind of associated the church with racism. And so there were barriers that had to be broken down. There were bridges that had to be built. And finally, we came out of lockdown and Mark, sorry, and Pete invites Mark to come into his house. And Pete had cooked Mark's favourite Vietnamese dish. Mark gave it a nine out of ten. And a rich conversation and relationship continues. And this afternoon, not on the other side of the world, but this afternoon on the other side of this city, those two men will come together and Pete's found some other men who are followers of Jesus who speak Vietnamese and they get together every Sunday afternoon and they read the Bible together. A faith community on the northern suburbs of Melbourne because one man decided to cross the street in Jesus' name. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people like you and I. Thanks for your ongoing and your amazing support of our work around the world. And God bless you as a local community as you step out as a people of faith and bring that doxology of praise to our God. Let's pray together. Father God, as we have taken bread and junk of the juice today, we reminded ourselves that you crossed the greatest chasm. That you willingly allowed your son to become flesh, to break into the human neighborhood, to model for us life and servanthood and sacrifice. And thank you because of that crossing, because of that love, we each can know you today as children of God. As we pray, maybe you're sitting here today in the auditorium and you need to take hold of that truth afresh. Not to be concerned by what the world says about you or by what others may say about you or even the labels you may put on yourself, but to be reminded of the lavish love of God that as you are today, you are a child of God. And then more than that, as children of God, you esteem us with the privilege of serving you, of crossing the street with a meal, with a conversation, helping someone from other culture to learn what it is to live in this community, reaching a shut-in, standing alongside someone living with mental illness, coming alongside a friend, a mate, a colleague at work. Father God, send us out afresh today that we might cross streets with the hope of Jesus. And Father God, thank you for this church's support of your work around the world. Continue to build unity in this place, I pray, and empower your people here Father God, thank you for the privilege of serving you. We pray that together in Jesus' name.
Amén.